0: You're listening to the Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary On 937 The Ticket and the Ticketfm.com. Back here on the Happy Hour 937 The Ticket, the TicketFM.com. Nick Sanert and Enrique Alvarez Clary are with you today on a Friday. Nebraska and Wisconsin, they match up tomorrow afternoon at 2.30 on ABC. To learn more on the Badgers, we are now joined on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline by Mike Hogan of Badger 24-7 up in Madison. Mike, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining us. Good, good. How are you? Not too bad. All right, Uh, tomorrow, obviously, Nebraska-Wisconsin. I want to start with kind of a general question. Wisconsin has really turned it around in the last couple weeks, now part of that could be they figured out the running back room and and maybe asked Graham Mertz to do less. But just kind of explain how the season has shifted and how the fan base has shifted, if they've shifted, in this the in throughout the course of this season.
1: Yeah, good question and one that when they started the season one and three, there were a lot of folks uh, starting to starting to talk about potential changes Paul Chris could make, whether that be a quarterback change or taking up things on the offensive line. Some some folks, some fans even started thinking about the off season a little bit, and, and maybe um, you know clamoring for some coaching changes on that staff. But um, it is a bit surprising to see how how uh, this has turned around. Um, I guess I always kind of had a had a hunch that that this team would be able to win some games because of that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the one thing that this this team had to hang its cap on as the offense. Struggled early in the year. If you look at those games early, Penn State, Notre Dame, um, those two games in my mind are are ones they should have won. You kind of have to look past the box score in the Notre Dame game. Um, They were leading thirteen to ten in that game in the the fourth quarter, and then um, turnovers and special teams mistakes just kind of compounded and and led to a a big loss. Um, And then the Michigan game, they got beat pretty handily from start to finish. They had a, a spurt. Before halftime, they looked pretty good, but things fell apart in the second half. But, yeah, I think that the fan base obviously, you know, disappointed looking back on those games, on um, those missed opportunities to, to win. Um, especially, I think, the Penn State game mm-hmm. it really lingers in, in people's minds because they went one of four in the red zone, red zone that day and um, turned the ball over twice, you know, inside the five-yard line. Um, so that, that that's one that folks want to have back. But here we are, uh, Wisconsin's ripped off seven in a row, and they played complimentary football over the last, or six six in a row, excuse me. They played complimentary football um, over those over those games. They're forcing turnovers. That's something they didn't do early in the year. They, have, they forced 17 turnovers over the last uh, six weeks. That's wow. the most in the FBS. I think the only other team that has close to that number is Ole Miss. Um, and, and Purdue is up there as well, surprisingly. But the defense, for as good as it's been, struggled in that area. That's changed. The running back, uh, Braylon Allen, I'm, I'm sure you'll ask me more about him uh, coming up here, but uh, he's come on strong. And Graham Mertz, you know, for, for as poorly as he played early in the year, he's he's kind of shown some growth lately. So it's been a lot of things. Um, and you have to give credit to, to Paul Christ, I think I mentioned there. He could have made some changes. He could have switched quarterbacks. He could have made some reactionary decisions when they were one and three, and he kind of stuck with it, and this team stuck together, and, and here they are, um, you know, a, a couple wins away here from from going to Indianapolis. Just as everybody predicted them to, to, do, uh, to go to at, at the beginning of the year hasn't been the route that anybody expected it to be, but um, they're in position nonetheless. Yeah.
0: If, if you could, we're talking to Mike Hogan of, of Badger 24-7. I, I'm curious, summarize what it's like watching Graham Mertz's career through the first year and a half or so. Because obviously he comes in highly touted and then has quite a, has a pretty good performance in the first game, I believe, against Illinois last year. And now, I mean, he's kind of just been serviceable the whole way through. Explain what it's been like watching him not only grow, but just his career in, in a in a summary, if you could.
1: Well... You know, obviously, there's a lot of high expectations. There yeah. or not came with being, you know, he, he's their highest rated quarterback commit in program history. So, a lot of high expectations came with that, and, and they only got higher last year when he had that breakout performance in his first mm-hmm. career start, twenty to twenty-one passing, two forty-eight, five touchdowns that tied a single game record for, for that many in a game. So, yeah, the, the high expectations kind of ballooned after that, and. And then things got rough for him last year. He, he tested positive for COVID, um, and Wisconsin missed two straight games after the Illinois game because the roster was decimated by an outbreak. So that kind of – that didn't make anything easier. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to put a whole lot of stock into what happened last year just because, you know, the injuries and guys, you know, getting, getting ill with the virus and, and the schedule was, was wacky the whole way through. But coming into this year, those high expectations came back. Graham Merckx had, had spring practice, a full-fall camp, uh, plenty of receivers and, and, and playmakers around him returning, uh, a very veteran, um, you know, a very experienced offensive line. So that, those factors there made, made the expectations coming this year high once again. And that first game against Penn State really kind of slapped people in the face. Um, you know, he, he played poorly in that one. Two, two interceptions. Um, just was inaccurate the whole way through. And then mm-hmm. weeks later at Notre Dame, he turns the ball over five times um, for foreigners, for them interceptions. Um, I think a lot, uh, most of those turnovers came in the fourth quarter, as I mentioned. Um, so that, that really um, got people um, to think maybe he isn't the guy for the job and they need to do something. Maybe they need to go in a different direction at quarterback. Um, but Paul Chris stuck with him. And if you look at his stats, you know, they're not, they're not tremendous. You know, he threw, um, nothing's gonna gonna really stand out about the last six games for him. Um, you know the stats aren't aren't um, pretty per se. He only threw five times. <laughs> uh, he only completed five his eight passes against Purdue. They didn't need him to really do much that day. You know the running rushing attack was was good uh, and very strong that day. And then you look at the last two games though, and that's where you really can say, "Wow, I think this kid is making some progress and he's shaking off the the rough start." He's been accurate. He's been throwing balls on time with anticipation. He's whipped he's poised in the pocket. He's thrown uh, six touchdown passes to just two interceptions over the last two games. And you can say, oh, well, Northwestern and Rutgers, those, those are, you know, two pretty bad opponents. Yeah, that's true. But um, you, you can see the growth when, when you turn on the film and you, you rewatch the game. You can see it watching live, too. Um, he's just been so much more confident and comfortable lately. The offensive line's been much better. Um, they were pretty inconsistent to start the year. He was under a lot of pressure. He was sacked six times against Michigan. Not all of those sacks had to do with the offensive line's performance, but most of them did. Um, but, yeah, he's been solid the last couple games. And you know what? You mentioned serviceable. I think that's all they need him to be uh, with this Bingo. defense. And with that with that, with, with that, rushing attack and with this defense, they just need him to be accurate. And they need him to make simple throws, a few big throws per game, and that's what he's done. You look back at that Iowa game, he only threw for about 100-and-some yards that day. Um, but he made some big-time throws on third down, and he threw a touchdown pass. Um, the play-action game has been good lately um, with the emergence of Allen. So that's all they really need in the beat, just a guy who can, who can make some throws. He doesn't need to really – you can say whatever you want about his recruiting hype, whatever. Throw that out the window at this point. They just need him to be a sound quarterback, capable of doing the simple things well. And that's what he's been lately, and that's why a big reason why they've been winning games.
0: You had the two-headed monster of Ches Malusi and Braylon Allen for the longest time, and then Malusi goes down with an injury in the Rutgers game. Um, how How big of a boon is it that Braylon Allen comes in as a freshman and is able to, you know, run the ball the way that he's been running the ball for this Wisconsin offense?
1: Well, it's interesting, and I don't know if a lot of people outside of Madison or really the Wisconsin fan base know of of, of the journey it took, or the Allen's journey to get here. He's only 17 years old, <laughs> and he's, he's 6'2", 240 pounds. They have him at, at 238, but he's absolutely 240 um, pounds. And you, you, look, you look back at his, you know, he, he reclassified to, to come to college a year early. He committed, he played running back in high school, but he committed as a safety. He played both ways in high school. Uh, not uncommon, of course. But he committed as a safety. Some thought with his size he could eventually be an inside linebacker. Mm. Um, and he called up the coaching staff over the summer and said, I want to play running back. And they're, I mean, you think about it, if, that, if, that, if he doesn't reclassify and if he doesn't want to play running back instead of defense, where is this team right now? It's, it's, mm. it's interesting to think about um, it that way. But he has just been unbelievable. Um, six straight 100-yard games. Um, he didn't really have a, a big role. Um, on this team until the Illinois game um, at the beginning of October, um, Wisconsin's running back rotation has, has changed a lot since the first week. You mentioned the Malusi injury. Jalen Berger, who came into the season, um, everybody thought it, he'd have a big role. He he uh, he did not. He hardly played. Um, he was dismissed from the program after that Illinois game. He didn't play at all in that one. Um, they've had some in- other injuries. Isaac Arendo, who was kind of a utility back for them over the first couple of weeks, Um, He had some nice runs. He suffered a season-ending injury. Um, A couple of others, um, two other freshmen got dismissed after um, a fight in a a residence hall, a physical altercation in a residence hall before the year. So a lot of things have happened, but I always kind of felt like Allen would at some point emerge, and he has. Um, He's just been so impressive, and he he looks so patient when he runs the ball, and I think that's that's something that that goes a little, under, you know, it goes under the radar when you're talking about young running backs. A lot of them just want to get it and, mm-hmm. and, and go for for big runs right away. But this kid, you know, he'll take what what he can get, and and he can uh, he can find holes, he can create holes for himself, and he's just been he's been playing beyond his years, in my opinion. Um, he's the first Wisconsin true freshman running back to, to have that many hundred yard games in a row since Anthony Davis in 2001. Um, he's he's really. Um, a bruising kid, of course, you know, he, a lot of his yards, he had 173 against Northwestern, 139 of them came after contact uh, according to pro football focus um, and, and, their numbers. But yeah, just, just really a, a mature back. Um, and it's given this team a huge spark, um, you know, over the last six weeks and we'll see what happens here with, with Malusi being out. It didn't hurt him as much last week, Um you know, they relied on Allen a lot more. He had career-high 25 carries. I'm assuming that's what they're going to be giving him, uh, that 20 to 25 range over the next couple of weeks here, because the reserve running backs, you know, there's not a lot of experience back there. Uh, they have a couple guys. Only one of them has more than 100 career rushing yards, and that's Brady Shipper, who was the clear number two running back against Northwestern. He's kind of a guy who, who, uh, who can give this team just enough, you know, coming in, to give Allen a spell. He can he can uh, do some good things catching the ball. He had a 26-yard catch against Northwestern that got him set up in the red zone. Um, he's a smart runner too. He doesn't he very rarely loses yards. So that's all they really need him to be. Um, and I think that's going to be the combination here going forward. You're going to ride Allen um, with with a 20 to 25 carries a game and then you're going to going to hope he can get enough for, from one of those guys uh, including Shipper um, off the bench. But yeah, that that will lose the injury that was just really disappointing for, for the kid. You know, he, he came from Clemson, um, you know, uh, everybody was excited about him um, and his ability was clear. You, you watched his film from Clemson and um, really quick um, kind of scat back guy with some underrated power. Um, and, and he had a big season. He was leading the team in rushing before uh, he went down. And, and like you said, that, that combination of, of Allen and Malusi really, really was uh, something, something to, something to watch. I mean, those two guys both bring something differently to the table and it was really productive, but we'll see. I think Wisconsin's in a groove right now with Allen and, and I don't, I don't think they'll miss much of a beat, but I'm sure, uh, you know, Malusi being healthy down the stretch would, would obviously help um, guys at this time of the season, you know, are, are, are banged up. And Allen even himself uh, was a little banged up last game. He, he talked about, I think his ankles, he said, were, were sore and a little bit bruised, but we'll see if that, that comes back to get them, but I, I think, uh, yeah, they're definitely going to ride them out a little bit more here down the stretch without Malusi.
0: We're talking to Mike Hogan of Badger 24-7. Mike, one last one before we let you go. We're running out of time here. When you look at Nebraska, I don't know how much you've been able to watch him. How do you feel like uh, tomorrow will unfold? How do you feel about Nebraska as a program and, and Scott Frost as the head coach?
1: Well, I'll tell you that uh, the players certainly aren't, uh, you know, they've they played – Northwestern and Rutgers over the last two weeks, those are two pretty clear lesser opponents. But I don't think the Badgers really consider this Nebraska team to be, to be a lesser team. You kind of look at that record three and seven and, and you look at some of those games. I mean, they, they, they lost, I was reading in their pregame notes um, a couple of days ago that they lost those four, those four games against ranked teams by a combined 22 points. Um, so it seems like a combination of bad luck and just, uh, untimely errors have, have cost them. Um, it's, it's kind of funny to think about if those games go in a different direction. This game, this game could could have been the deciding one in the in the Big Ten West. But no, I think you know it's a unique situation to think about. You know where this Nebraska program is because they just made some interesting moves on that coaching staff, and you know it, it seems like you know the they, <laughs> the season kind of ended for them after that Ohio State game. Yeah. Um, looking ahead um and 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 i was listening to frost Trust conference it seems like they did they want to get ahead on on the, on the search for those those new assistants um but yeah i don't i think there's a lot of respect to what this team has done this year even though they didn't show up in the win column a lot of players talking about how talented martinez is and you can talk about his turnovers as well um you know eight interceptions this year i think he had like what four of them against uh purdue yeah. a couple weeks ago but uh yeah, they really respect, you know, the kind of playmaker he is and, and Toure, too, another guy that was talked about a little bit this week. Um, this offense has some pop to it. I mean, they, they're scoring points. They're they're moving the football. Um, it should be, you know, I would say Wisconsin's defense hasn't really been tested a whole lot since, since that Purdue game when they shut down David Bell. They held him to, like, uh, six catches for 33 yards. So this will be a challenge for this Wisconsin team. And I, I'm expecting a pretty close game, you know, I – for as much as, as those coaching staff moves might have, you know, who knows how, how it's taken a toll on that Nebraska team. But I think, I think Wisconsin is expecting Nebraska's best shot, even though that they don't have a ton to play for in terms of, you know, going to a bowl game or anything. I think they're expecting a team that maybe desperate for a victory. And, and, um, and Wisconsin has no room for margin for error. I mean, you lose another one, and all of a sudden next week becomes a lot more stressful. Um, for the Big Ten title race. But, yeah, a lot yeah. of respect for, for the Huskers, and, and I, you know, uh, we'll see what happens uh, next year. Um, interesting. I think a lot of people expected Trost to be in, out of town, um, you know, with a, with a tough season, but um, that fan base uh, wants him to succeed there and, and wants to stick with him.
0: Yeah, Mike, appreciate the time as always. Good stuff. Uh, good. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and we'll talk to you down the road. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me on. Have a good day,
0: guys. That is Mike Hogan of Badger 24-7. We're running a little bit late. Let's take a break. We'll be back. Wrap up things for the Friday show next up on the Happy Hour.